Well, happy Easter, everybody. I uh, hope, especially if you're a visitor with us today, that you've picked up by now that this is just a huge deal of a day uh, for us as a church. That might catch you by surprise. Um, Admittedly, you know, Hallmark doesn't treat this with the seriousness of some other holidays. Uh, You won't find the the parking lot at the Penn Center full this weekend. Uh, You won't hear the the radio stations playing months and months of uh, Easter carol tunes. In fact, I don't even know if there is such a thing as an Easter carol tune. But, uh, you know, outside of the chocolate bunnies, there isn't even really much room for gift giving. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a fly below the radar sort of weekend for most people. I know that, you know, Thanksgiving, we've got that category. It's, it's real sentimental. Birthdays, that's something that's supposed to be special for us. Christmas, obviously, tis the season. Um, but Easter, you know, Easter is one of those that, you know, like I said, it kind of it flies below the radar in most places, but not around here. You got to know that Easter, uh, above all else, is like the biggest day uh, of our year in our in our church's calendar. Easter to us is like Super Bowl Sunday, or in the Canadian equivalent, it's like the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, especially for those of us who've been uh, participating and 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 respecting the period of Lent, uh, kind of leading up in preparation for Easter. There's been kind of a wedding day style uh, anticipation because of the highlight day that it is. Think of the biggest day of your life, the, the, the day that you were proposed to or the day that you became a mother, you know, the day that you, you finished college. Um, Easter is that equivalent uh, around here to us. It, it's a real highlight, real moment uh, in, in the calendar for sure. And then to top it all off, we've got a baptism of 13 people today, uh, which we always say is a can't miss kind of mountaintop experience for us. So we've just got celebration on top of celebration. We got like gourmet dessert after Serpent Turf. It's just the, the epitome of all days around here. And... Uh, I'm just wondering if, if all of us can appreciate why exactly that is. In fact, I'm going to spend just a few moments, hopefully not to kind of cramp the celebration, but to kind of clarify it and to give us a bit of sense of why to us as a church, Easter is that big a deal, kind of the biggest deal of all deals uh, for us today. And it starts really, uh, as the video just alluded to, with the good news of the reality of the resurrection of the person of Jesus Christ. That, that's really what this is all about. That the, the fact that you know, Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, we celebrate at Christmas, the birth of Jesus. We celebrated a few days ago on Good Friday, uh, the death, the sacrificial death of Jesus. But Easter Sunday, what makes it so significant and so special to us is the reality of the resurrection of the person of Jesus Christ. That this person of Jesus Christ who died a criminal's death on the cross was literally raised to life. And I say reality because uh, that's really the, the crux of all of this is believing that that actually was real. If you think about from this perspective, the, the Apostle Paul, uh, one of the New Testament writers in the Bible, wrote a letter to a church uh, in a place in the first century called Corinth. And in the first of those letters in chapter 15, he says this. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said, and he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12 
And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. And then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, I also saw him. Okay, the Apostle Paul is referring to what he believes is the most important information that he could provide the church in his day, anchored in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. You know, often we make a big deal about the sacrificial death of Jesus because of the significance of the forgiveness that it provides. But we sometimes fail to appreciate the even greater significance of the resurrection of Jesus, which for many of us is actually harder to believe. You know, it's, it's easy to believe and to, to kind of appreciate that the person of Jesus lived on this earth. The historical Jesus of Nazareth is, is documented and, and, and referred to, you know, all over the place. It's, it's commonly understood. You know, he was referred to as a great moral teacher. And obviously then the death of Jesus is, is kind of commonly accepted and understood. Even the idea that he died a criminal's death on the cross. But where the person of Jesus and, you know, the, the, the truth of his story becomes a little fuzzy is on this third point. You know, did he actually rise from the dead? And that's why Paul spends so much time here doing the very thing that triggers in us the confidence that we can believe in the factual reality of the resurrection. What we've been trusting in, you know, for some 2,000 years in all kinds of settings. The eyewitness testimony of people who actually saw it. People who actually saw and touched and interacted with this risen Jesus who just days earlier had died for the sin of humankind. That's what we trust in all over the place when it comes to believing that things are real that we haven't had the opportunity to personally experience or see. We trust in eyewitness testimony that is still the most credible source of information in our day and age. And Paul's providing hundreds and hundreds of different examples to verify and authenticate the reality of the resurrection of the person of Jesus. Now that's why Easter is a big deal for us, but not just because it's true, but because of the implications of what the, re the resurrection of Jesus being true actually means. We talk about this from time to time around here that God, you know, when, when he first created the heavens and the earth and first created people, he had a vision for our lives, a vision that we would live in close relationship with him. And in kind of fulfilling that vision, he gave people the capacity to live in a way that would allow that relational dynamic to work. And the capacity he gave us was his very spiritual life. The scriptures say in the first couple chapters of the book of Genesis that God actually breathed into humanity, very uniquely breathed into humanity, the breath of his life. He gave humanity his living spirit to give us the capacity to live his way. But as human beings kind of rejected and rebelled from that idea, went and kind of charted our own course and abandoned the relational dynamic that God had designed us for, you know, kind of the gentle way of describing what in the Bible it calls sin. Um, and what happened was that we became a void of that spiritual life. That the consequence of our sin and our decision, so the scriptures say, to rebel from God was withdrawing that spiritual life from us. And so at that point, because of sin, we became spiritually lacking life. Or what's also known in the scriptures as spiritually dead. 
But that's why the resurrection is so significant because in the same passage, Paul says in verse 22 that just as everyone dies is spiritually lifeless because we all belong to Adam, we're a product of that human sinfulness and brokenness. He says everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. We'll be given new life. We'll be able to experience that spiritual life of God once again. So appreciate that you know, when, when sin enters our lives, when sin entered the world, you know, two things happened. On the one hand, we needed forgiveness for that sin. We needed to be made right with, with God because we'd sinned against him. But also, we needed to reclaim the very capacity to not live that way anymore, to regain the capacity to live in the way that God intended. And so we celebrate on Good Friday the forgiveness of Jesus. But on Easter Sunday, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus because the resurrection provides something fundamentally different. It provides us with Jesus' life. The resurrection makes Jesus' living spiritual life available and accessible to forgiven believers. Now that's important for us to distinguish on a day like today. The difference between being able to receive forgiveness and the ability to receive Jesus' spiritual life. To receive forgiveness versus to receive his life. Because to receive forgiveness is phenomenal. We celebrated a couple days ago. But to receive forgiveness just on its own without the reality of the resurrection and without the availability of Jesus' living spirit, if you think about it, it's kind of pointless. In fact, Paul alludes to that. That's why he says in verse 32, if there is no resurrection, let's just feast and drink for tomorrow, he says, we die. He's saying if there's no resurrection, life is kind of pointless. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Because if the reason I need forgiveness is because of my brokenness and fallenness, the pain that I'm experiencing in life and the pain that I'm bringing to the world. The temptations, the addictions, the habits, the hang-ups, the, the, the brokenness that I'm bringing to relationships. If, if that's what I'm bringing and that's my experience in this world. If all I have is forgiveness, then all I can be is forgiven. If all I have is forgiveness, then all I can be is forgiven. And meaning, I'm still living in that condition. I'm still living in that brokenness. I'm still living in that quality of life. I'm still living in those fractured, pain-filled relationships. I'm still living in those circumstances based on those decisions that I've, I've made for myself. I'm not actually experiencing any different quality of life. So the forgiveness is kind of futile because I'm still living in the pain and the brokenness of the sin that I'm in. The good news of the resurrection, though, is that in raising Jesus from the dead, God conquered sin and death once and for all. And when we become spiritually alive by receiving the availability of God's living spirit, we can experience that victory too. That's why it says in verse 57, thank God, 1 Corinthians 15, thank God, Paul says, that God gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the difference that the resurrection makes that's fundamentally distinct from the difference that Jesus' death and his forgiveness makes. Forgiveness cleans us of our past. Resurrection makes Jesus' spiritual life available, which gives us a capacity for the future. If you're in a place today and you're wondering, you know, and dreaming that you could experience a better quality of life in the future, it's only because of Jesus' resurrection that that's possible. 
You know, if you're wondering in your hurt and your pain whether healing is available, the answer is yes, but only through Jesus' resurrection life. If you're hung up in addictions and habits and struggles and wondering if freedom is available, the answer is yes, but only through Jesus' resurrection life. If you're struggling in relationships and brokenness and conflict and wondering whether you could ever experience restoration, you know, or... or, or, experience those relationships improving? The answer is yes, but only through Jesus' resurrection life. If you're wondering if your potential could be realized to a vastly greater degree than it currently is, the answer is absolutely, but only through Jesus' resurrection life. It's only through Jesus' resurrection life that we have the capacity to experience a different quality of life because of the availability of God's Spirit through the reality that he made it available in the risen Jesus. But without the resurrection, we have none of that. Which is why in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul anchors the whole idea in verse 17 where he says, if Christ has not been raised... Then he says, your faith is useless. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, meaning just to experience forgiveness from our sin, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. If all that this Christian message and all that the person of Jesus can offer us is forgiveness from our sin, then all we have is a quality of life where we live in the soup of our sin and brokenness and the best that we have is to be forgiven from it. We can never be set free. We can never be improved. We can never be upgraded. We can never be transformed. We can never be changed. We can never experience a greater quality of life. We can never have hope. And ultimately, that's what Easter Sunday is all about. That's what makes Easter Sunday just such a big deal to us and to others who follow Jesus. Because of the reality of Jesus' resurrection, his spiritual life has been made available and accessible to forgiven believers. And because his spiritual life is available and accessible to to forgiven believers, forgiven believers can have a capacity to live differently than they were ever able to live in their spiritually lifeless state. And because forgiven believers you know, indwelt, receiving that spiritual resurrected life of Christ, have capacity to live differently, we can have a hope for the future, not just for tomorrow, but for all eternity that we otherwise would never be able to have. Do you see why Easter Sunday is such a big deal? The reality of the resurrection means the availability of God's spiritual life in Jesus, which means a capacity that we can live differently, which means hope for tomorrow and for all eternity. The resurrection is our key to hope for the future. Without it, we have no hope. Without it, we can have no change in the quality of life that we're in. I'm wondering today, are there areas in your life that you would love nothing more than for God to change? You know, not just like lose a few pounds, deal with a few gray hairs kind of change. I'm talking about fundamental, you know, heart level, interior character kind of change, relational kind of change, trajectory altering, quality of life transforming kind of change. Are there areas in your life that you would love nothing more than to experience a different quality of life. 
if that's you, then we want to do what we do all the time around here and invite you into what we consider to be the adventure of a lifetime as together we learn to follow Jesus. We learn to live under his leadership to a greater degree and learn how to receive and how to depend on that very spiritual life that he's made available through his resurrection to a greater and greater degree. We want to invite you into that adventure that earlier in the service we referred to as a movement where we not only get to experience the wonder of God transforming us, we also get to experience the beauty of God uniting us and using us to transform others through the power of his resurrected spirit. That's why today is such a big deal because it gives us the opportunity to offer hope to people that your life can be different. I know that that's true for all of us. Certainly true of the 13 people whose baptisms we're celebrating today. It's one of the reasons we celebrate baptism on Easter Sunday because the symbolism is so rich and consistent with what the resurrection represents. You know, when people come into the baptism tank, you'll see in just a moment, you know, we immerse them fully in water. And the idea of water immersion is to symbolize the cleansing that people have of their sin by Jesus' shed blood. Through Jesus' death, we can be cleansed of our sin. That's what we celebrated on Good Friday. But baptism doesn't stop there because the, the motion of baptism in submerging and immersing under the water and then popping out of it kind of represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus that makes it possible. And as a person comes out of the water, having been soaked in it, representing that they've been washed, they're popping out, representing that you know, Jesus is alive in them, representing that he's risen, not only out there, but in them. And that their future is bright and hope-filled, not just for this life, but for all eternity because of the reality of the resurrection. That's what we're celebrating in these 13 lives. And, you know, one of them happens to be uh, someone in our own home. I've said a number of times that the two biggest highlight moments for me uh, would be the day, you know, if God would provide that, that I'd get to baptize my parents and then the day that I'd get to baptize my kids. And at our Glenridge location this morning in our second service, I'll have that opportunity for the very first time, as if Easter Sunday could be any more unbelievable for me. But I know and the whole reason I am involved in this team and doing what I'm doing is that there are more than just these 13 people who could use God to change their lives. There are more than just these 13 people for whom Jesus died. There are more than just these 13 people for whom Jesus would love nothing more than to make a profound fundamental difference in the quality and condition of our lives from here on in. And I wonder today if one of those people might be you. So this morning, as you hear the 13 people's stories, or more accurately, as you hear the one story of God's faithful activity through the lives of these 13 people, Consider what it would be like for God to tell that story in you. Consider what it would be like for maybe, you know, for the first time to maybe give God a chance to not only experience his forgiveness, but to receive his resurrected spiritual life. And in receiving his resurrected spiritual life to receive that capacity to change that can give you hope that tomorrow, let alone all eternity, can be different than what it is today. 
We would love nothing more than for your story to match their story of God's timeless faithfulness in your life and in ours as a community. So as you reflect on how God could tell that story in you, let's celebrate together God's story in them. Check out this video.